everybody, it's me, Kenneth Dean, the Dean of Metal, and it's time for another exciting episode of Debating Metal with me and my co-host Chris Kay. This week, we're going back to where it all began and giving you our take on Black Sabbath's greatest hits. Kenneth and I are going to pick 15 of our favorite Black Sabbath songs, create our own greatest hits, then we're going to have to go head-to-head to determine which of those songs makes it onto our combined final list to create one ultimate greatest hits compilation. And as always, I'll have some more rusty metal for you where I go back at least 25 years and pull out an album from my personal archives that I think is worth giving another listen to. Then I'll give you my Freshly Forged Pick of the Week where I offer my opinion on a new release I think you'll love. And later in the episode, we offer you our big four Black Sabbath albums. You'll want to stick around to the end to hear which albums we chose. And if you missed what we picked or you want to listen to any of our other episodes... Download us on your favorite podcast platform and click subscribe or download so you can get our newest episode every week. We also want to interact with you guys and read your opinions. So if you like what we had to say or just want to rip us a new one, send us an email to debatingmetal at gmail.com or DM us on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. Pretty soon we'll also be posting our episodes to YouTube, so keep a lookout for that. And while you're on our social media pages, be sure to check out Kenneth Dean with Rusty Metal Plus, where he gives you more details about his Rusty Metal pick. So what is Rusty Metal this week, Kenneth? All right, Rusty Metal this week, I did a ton of research all today. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fastway, with their debut album, Fastway, which came out in 1983. Uh, it was released on CBS Records. It was produced by Eddie Kramer of Jimi Hendrix fame, uh, Jimi Hendrix and Kiss fame. And it was recorded at Marcus Music and Maison Rouge Studios in London, England. All right, so Fastway um, was a band that was formed by Fast Eddie Clark after he left Motorhead and Pete Way, formerly of UFO. Pete Way actually left the band before the beginning of the recording of this first album, um, which is kind of weird. I mean, the guy forms the band and then leaves. Um, but some of it had to do that he was contractually obligated to stay in UFO, which is a kind of a weird thing because if somebody quits or gets fired, they you know, you're they're usually out of their contract. But in this particular case, uh, he must not have been fired or, or or not that, but he must not have been able to get out of whatever obligation. So he had to actually leave Fastway and go back to UFO. But then soon after that, he he officially left UFO and st- and stayed and started Wasted, uh, and all these bands, Fastway and Wasted, all play around the fact that his last name was Way. Um, so the album Fastway is a blues-based hard rock album in the vein of Led Zeppelin and what would come a few years later, Great White. Um, the vocalist Dave King actually has a lot of the way that Jack Russell sounds in his voice. It's really strange. Sometimes I was, I was listening to a little bit of it today and he's, I mean, if it, if I didn't know any better, I would have thought it was Jack Russell like way back when he was young, but he, it, I, I knew better. So I realized that this is Dave King and um, Dave King has a lot of mannerisms to David Coverdale and Robert Plant on stage. Like he had the hair and he dressed in the suit and the tie like Coverdale but he had the same kind of mannerisms that Robert Plant had live on stage, the way he held the mic, the way he moved, the way he flipped his hair, all those weird things. So he, he was like an amalgamation of all these different lead vocalists that had similar styles in blues rock music. Um, King actually ended up leaving um, Fastway at some point to form a, uh, another quote-unquote supergroup called Catman Do. 
they really didn't go anywhere. Uh, and then eventually he came up, he came down to founding the Celtic punk band Flogging Molly, and that's basically where he's at today. Um, for, as for this album, the, the big hit off this album is the song Say What You Will, which had some moderate success on MTV. Um, it had a pretty cool video. They played a ton of the, the, the crap out of it. Um, it did well. The song is great. I love the song. Every time I hear that that lick, I mean, it is so cool. And it's just a consistent lick throughout the entire song. And it's just that that driving blues rhythm throughout the song is super cool. How the bassist and the drummer are just in, in their sync. They're, in, they're locked in sync. It's a super cool song. Um, other songs on the album include Easy Living, which is not a cover of the Uriah Heap song. And You Got Me Running, and the song We Become One. So pick up this album. It's pretty cool. It's got like a cover, like looks like a, a checkered flag. It's super neat. Um, it's still available out there. You can still get it streaming on on your all the streaming services, and you can still buy it on Amazon. So give it a listen. I think it's pretty cool. Like I said, it's a hard rock-based album. If you like bands like Great White or even a lot of the um, harder rock blues stuff from Led Zeppelin, this is an album for you. Very cool. Um, I am familiar with Fastway. Uh, you know, being a big uh, Motorhead fan, I I always was interested in in band histories and you know where people go after they leave a band. And so I am actually familiar with this one. Um, I I didn't know about Pete Way's uh, contractual obligation though. That's, that's, <laughs> that's pretty just a weird thing. Yeah. So you know. Um, all these musicians always get into some stupid little contract where they can't get out of it, you know. Exactly. It's, there's a lot of bureaucracy to the to the music that we love. I, th- I think it was times. more dealing with the record company because you know how the record companies like you know you can't record for somebody else. You know you mm-hmm. can only record for for us, and I believe that's what ended up happening. And I th- I believe uh, Wasted ended up getting us a, a deal with Chrysalis Records, which I think is what UFO was on. So I think that's how he was able to get out of that part of the contract. But Fastway was under CBS, which is now a Sony imprint. Uh, and so that, that I think is where the, the, uh, contractual problems came in. Gotcha. Well, very interesting. All right, so my Freshly Forged this week actually surprised me a bit. On our last episode, we talked about this band, and uh, not necessarily in a in a harsh light, but kind of questioning uh, where they came from. But uh, I'm actually picking KK's Priest and their new release, Hellfire Thunderbolt. Um, KK's Priest is KK Downing of Judas Priest, who has uh, left the band years ago and recently tried to kind of patch things up with the band. The band doesn't want to patch things up with him. There's more to the story than that. So uh, we, we probably won't know for quite some time, all the details exactly. Uh, But he's formed his own version of Judas priest and even has made some comments like the, 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 what was it? The priest is inside of me or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, just um, basically he's trying to trying to say that he's one better than Judas Priest. Yeah, and while I don't necessarily agree with that, I was very impressed by this uh this song. Uh Tim Ripper Owens on vocals, 
they originally had Les Binks uh, on drums, but apparently he's been injured and is is no longer playing. So uh, a guy named Sean Elg from Death Riders and Cage is on drums, and he does a phenomenal job. Uh, Tony Newton of Voodoo Six and AJ Mills of Hostile are kind of finishing up the lineup. Um, it's a pretty kick-ass song, and and I I honestly didn't watch the video too much. I was more listening to what was going on. Listened to it about three, four times, and I gotta say, it's a it's a Judas Priest song. I mean, it's it's really good, and uh, Tim's vocals are fantastic here. Uh, I'm really excited to hear more. To be honest, what did you think? I I heard it, it was actually at the same time that you heard it. Um, we were listening, watching it, or listening to it on our phones, and it. The drumming, obviously, it's definitely not Les Binks. <laughs> um, yeah. Not to take anything away from Les Binks, but the, the the bottom line is is that this is you know Les Binks is an older gentleman, and this drumming you can definitely tell is done by someone a lot younger with a lot more athleticism, and nothing wrong with that at all. It, it it's really really good, and you could there's a little bit of European style drumming. Uh, to his flair like you know judas judas priest has scott travis which, who's an american and he play he can play just like that but that's not his style and that's not mm-hmm. typically an american style type of drumming again nothing wrong with that. it was really cool to hear um i like the song a lot the video you said you didn't pay too much attention i watched the video and, and to me it's just a, it's it's a green screen video the whole thing where yeah, each, it's each pretty guy typical. is standing in front of a green screen doing their own thing, which is fine. You know, it's it's cool. It's just low budget, but you know, there's not going to be a big budget when you don't have a record, no major label record deal. So, well, music videos aren't quite the same as they yeah, used they're, to be. Yeah, they're either. nothing like they used yeah. to be. No more yeah. million dollar budgets. <laughs> but I am definitely interested to hear more. I mean, this is this is the second tra- track off the new album, Sermons of the Sinner, and. I mean, there's there's nine more to go, so yeah, it, it was it, could... it was pretty cool. I liked it. I mean, I, I I liked the way that that um Tim Owens was was delivering the vocals. Uh, I loved the way they recorded it with the with the layered tracks, the layered yeah. vocals. I loved that style. I mean, he did it when he did his two Judas Priest albums, and it's it was really cool. So I liked the way it sounded. I mean, KK sounded great. You know, so there's there's nothing nothing bad to say about the album, the song at all. I I am excited as you are to to hear more music from them. So I mean, hey, you know what? More good music and metal is is fine with me. You know, again, we were criticizing him in in the artist living off their legacy two episode because, you know, he could have easily changed the name of the band to something you know. Not I so think blatant. that's my biggest complaint. Is yeah. it's just the name is KK's Priest, right? But but at the same time, that it's an easy gateway to notoriety, you know. Oh, of course, he, everybody knows him, KK Downing of Judas Priest. So I, I, I like it. the name. Of, I like the name of the album. I think that's a pretty cool name. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And, which it's, relates nothing to Judas Priest, which is, I think that's the the good part about the name of the album. But I like the fact that. He calls them sermons, uh, you know. So I, those are that's pretty neat. I like that part. Yeah, so definitely check that one out. It's it's available on pretty much anywhere. YouTube Blabbermouth has a link to it. Um, so definitely check that one out. Oh, and uh, YouTube Music had it available to listen to as well. Excellent, excellent. So since we're on the topic of Judas Priest, um, if I'm not mistaken, Judas Priest. I don't know if it was last year or two years ago or within the last three or four years. They were on the ballot to be part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This year, 
Iron Maiden was on the ballot. In both instances, on the fan ballot, Judas Priest and Iron Maiden did not qualify. Now, what I'm not getting here is this is a fan ballot thing. You know, what about the regular guys who are voting? You know, I, I'm I'm not I'm not getting why these guys are not looking at these bands and seeing the the monumental influence that these bands are putting on in rock and roll and heavy metal. I mean, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, for God's sakes, if if the person who's voting, someone should just sit there and say, hey, here's a link to a YouTube video. Check this out and just show them the fact that all over the world, these guys are just monster huge and their albums still sell and their music still does well and their videos are crazy. I mean, it, it's unfathomable that a band like Iron Maiden and Judas Priest are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But at the same time, it's quite understandable because you get bands that I don't think, or let me not even say bands, artists that I don't think are not nece- are necessarily immediately um, not qualified, and you know they're qualified, not immediately needing or necessary to get into the band. Like Guns N' Roses, first. First ballot Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. I don't think they they deserved first ballot Hall of Fame. There were oh, many sure. bands before them that deserved other you know to get in. Bands like Iron Maiden and Judas Priest, who had been available. But you you know you and I were talking about this. I mean the, the Rock Halls is, is a joke. You know. I mean what what are your feelings on it? I I really don't care for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at all. Um, I definitely have a problem with them. I mean, they're they overlook a lot of bands, and I I do feel like there is always an agenda and what they're trying to get ap- across. Um, they're always trying to appease social media instead of honoring people that that they should honor. Yeah, I'm not saying that they're the people that they've put in there are are not talented, but I personally don't understand why rap bands are in there. It's called the rock and roll hall of fame and they can justify it. However they want. They can say, Oh, well, you know, rap is, is rock and roll. Cause it's, it's the attitude of rock and roll. Well, that's not what it is. You know, it's not the rap hall of fame. It's not the pop music hall of fame. It's called rock and roll hall of fame. So at this point, I don't see any validity in what they do. Um, there's there's nothing that's gonna like even if Iron Maiden gets in, I don't I just don't care because there's nothing that they do that that matters to me. Yeah, I I guess I I appreciate it for the bands that get in. That's great, whatever. But they've just proven themselves time and time again to be a biased organization that doesn't really do what they set out to to or claim to do. So. Whatever they do, I don't give a crap. No, I, I completely agree with you, and and I, I have a different take on on you know the whole rock and roll and rap thing, and I get that. You know, Jay Z got uh, you know inducted or is going to be inducted this year. Do I agree with that? Not necessarily. I understand where it comes from. You know, a band like Run DMC, you know, they have played rock and roll. If you want to look at it that way. They, they were definitely a, a bridge and a crossover, and they deserved what they got. I, I, I don't want to take anything like that away from them. But there are certain artists that just, I mean, I can't understand how you're going to tell me that this band or this artist or this vocalist or this musician is more deserving 
than some of the guys, some of the metal bands that are out there. And yes, it's a problem because they, 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 what was, what's the term they call it? They, 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 you know, they snub, they snub metal. They, they, you know, they stick their nose at metal. They just, you know, they don't like it. They give you the middle mm-hmm. finger when it comes to metal because it, that's not their music. But you know what? It's not about what you like. It's not about what these people like. It's about what is absolutely deserving. And these people just don't see it. I mean, there was someone who there was like a world music person that got the the vote. I don't even know what the the the, the first person that got the vote this year. I, I I've never heard of that person. Now maybe I'm just uninformed, but I never heard. I don't know if it's a person or a band. I mean, I just don't never heard of that artist. And it's like, how are these people getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I've never heard of them because to me, I mean, they have to be 25 years or older from their first album. And 25 years ago, I was in the damn music business, never heard of them. So I don't know what the hell's going on. But Rage Against the Machine not getting in this year. I mean, if there was going to be, if you're going to put, you know, uh, Guns N' Roses on the first ballot, are you going to put some of those those styles of bands on the first ballot Hall of Fame? Rage Against the Machine absolutely deserved it. You know, just oh, like. absolutely. I, I mean, influence just, just for the, the social commentary. And all this stuff, and they've been very successful. Just for that, I mean, considering a lot of these snobs are like that, a lot of these snob voters are just like that, mm-hmm. that you would have thought they would have voted for them, but no, they didn't. So there you go. We get Tina Turner instead, I think, you know, or whatever it is that happened this year. Regardless. A very talented musician, but it's just, to me, it's not rock and roll, you know? Right. I get and what you're to saying. Each, to each their own, and... Uh, like I said, I'm not taking anything away from her as a musician. I just, I don't view it as rock and roll. It doesn't make any sense to me. Absolutely. I, I totally get what you're saying. So enough of the rant tonight. We have to deal with now the or, the originators, the innovators, the where it all began, Black Sabbath. And we're going to give you what our take is on their greatest hits. So... Do you want to go first on on delivering your 15 songs or do you want me to go first? All right, so why don't you go first this week? All right, I'll do it. I'll I'll be first this week. All right, so um in this particular instance last time when I was doing ACDCs I did not put mine in any particular order but you did. So now I went ahead and I'm put mine in a particular order uh and it's again the order that I would like to see a concert with these 15 songs. And um, we're going to go ahead and start off, and, and this was difficult to put, I mean, this is one of the more difficult lists in terms of how I want this to be played out in a live concert setting, because there are certain songs that absolutely can become, can be openers, and there's certain songs that can absolutely be closers, and everything in between, but it was it was just difficult to lay them out in a certain way, so this is what I did. So my first song... Uh, is Black Sabbath off of Black Sabbath. Um, I, I thought that was a, a pretty cool way to start. All right, so number two is going to be Neon Nights for me off the Heaven and Hell album. And number three, Sweet Leaf, which is off of Master of Reality. Number four, Fairies Wear Boots off of Paranoid. Number five, Children of the Sea off of Heaven and Hell. Number six, Symptom of the Universe off the Sabotage album. Number seven, NIB, which is off of the debut Black Sabbath album. Number eight, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath, off of Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. 
Number nine, Mob Rules, off of Mob Rules. Number 10, The Wizard, off of Black Sabbath. Number 11, Iron Man, off of Paranoid. Number 12, War Pigs, off of Paranoid. Number 13, Heaven and Hell, off of Heaven and Hell. Number 14, Children of the Grave, off of Master of Reality. And number 15, closing out the show, as always, Paranoid, off of Paranoid. Nice. That's a good list. Um, I definitely have some crossover on there. And I just had a, as as we were going over this, um, I had a massive brain fart and completely forgot uh, anything off of Sabotage, which um, shocks me because I do really like that album. So I had to make a quick change. <laughs> well, I had nothing off of Volume 4, so that tells you that. Yeah. Um, so... Um, I didn't do the typical order. Uh, I figured we would uh, put things in order as we, you know, kind of chose. So I didn't, I didn't kind of make my concert list like I usually do. Um, and and I had a really hard time picking Black Sabbath songs to be honest, because I am such a big fan of Black Sabbath, and and really condensing the list down was tough for me. So um, I have. My list, uh, basically in chronological order this time. All right, um, go for it. But we'll definitely we'll definitely put it in a con- uh, concert order as we go. Uh, so I'm starting off with basically slash nib off of Black Sabbath, and then the title track Black Sabbath off of the Black Sabbath album, um, Paranoid, then Iron Man off of Paranoid, uh, Sweet Leaf, and Children of the Grave from Master of Reality, Supernaut off of Volume Four. Uh, Sabra Cadabra off of Sabbath Bloody Sabbath, Symptom of the Universe off of Sabotage, Never Say Die off of Never Say Die, uh, Neon Knights, Heaven and Hell, and Die Young off of Heaven and Hell. So you can see how much I like that album. Um, the Mob Rules off of Mob Rules, and Time Machine, the Wayne's World version off of the Wayne's World soundtrack. Wow, okay. Time Machine. It's an awesome song. You have some songs that I would consider deep tracks because they were never really popular. But at the same time, they're they're pretty cool songs. So what do we have as our overlap? All right, let me... I know, I know we have Black Sabbath. You said, oh, okay, so off of um, Heaven and Hell, you did three tracks, right? Neon... I did Neon Knights, Children? Heaven and Hell, and Die Young. Oh, Die Young. Mm-hmm. All right. So, duplicated. You didn't do War Pigs. Surprise, surprise. I know that was a tough one. That was, that was one of the ones I cut. Okay, so <laughs> we duplicated Black Sabbath, okay, Neon Black Knights. Black Sabbath. What was your number Neon six song? Knights, Children of the Grave. Oh, Children, that's right. We we had that one in common, right? Uh, yes, Children of the Grave in common, Paranoid okay. in common, uh, Mob Rules, um, Iron Man, Heaven and Hell, Symptom of the Universe, and Sweet Leaf, and NIB. So, one, two, three, four, five spots that do not overlap. 
All right. Well, uh, I like that list. Um, so um, to, to put it down here, we have 10 songs that we overlap and we have five songs each that do not overlap. So um, the songs that overlap are Black Sabbath, Neon Knights, Sweet Leaf, Symptom of the Universe, NIB, The Mob Rules, Iron Man, Heaven and Hell, Children of the Grave, and Paranoid. So my five that don't overlap, Fairies Wear Boots, Children of the Sea, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, The Wizard, and War Pigs. Your five are Supernaut, Sabracadabra, Never Say Die, Die Young, and Time Machine. So, since I've read my list first, why don't you go ahead and uh, pick a song that you absolutely want to keep from your five. Okay, um, so I'm going to pick... I'm going to pick Die Young. No, I'm going to pick Time Machine. And the reason being is it is it is a killer version of the track. I think it is a hidden gem that's been a little bit overlooked, but people are aware of it from the Wayne's World soundtrack. Um, but I think it's it's that good of a track, in my opinion, that it needs to be on here. Really? You, you mm-hmm. like that song that much, huh? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I like the song. Don't get me wrong. I'm, uh, you know, I, Wayne's World soundtrack version is really cool. Um, it's way better than the one that was on the actual album. Yeah, Dehumanizer. Yeah, that's very very similar to how um, the Mob Rules was on the heavy metal soundtrack, and the, the obviously the album. And I think the album version is so much better than the heavy metal sound. Uh, yeah, the heavy metal soundtrack version. So uh, yeah, I definitely agree on that one. Okay, cool. So. That means that I get to pick a song that I want to keep. And um, of those songs, uh, the five songs I have left, uh, absolutely need to keep The Wizard. That's my f- favorite Black Sabbath song, so I'm keeping it. All right, so The Wizard off of Black Sabbath. All right, so that means now we have to cancel one out. We have to take one off the list that we absolutely want to have on there, but... It, it it's one of these that we're just going to have to cut. So the one from my list that I want to cut, um, unfortunately, Supernaut off of Volume 4. I think of the four that I have remaining, it's the weakest, and uh, unfortunately, that's got to go. Okay. Your, the, your last three songs are very, very um, different, um, and they're very... Uh, for me, they're very unexpected, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what gets on there. All right, um, out of my four that I got to cut, so I have Fairies Wear Boots, Children of the Sea, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and War Pigs. I, of those four songs, I think what I can go and cut from here uh, is I don't consider it the weakest song, but I, I consider it the song that's probably um, least popular as far as the Ozzy era songs, and that would be Fairies Wear Boots. Um, okay. even though yeah, Children I can of the agree with is, that. Say what? I can agree with that. Yeah, Children of the Sea is not, is not an Aussie-era song, but I like that song a lot, so I'm, I'm just waiting to see where it goes. So yeah, fairy, Fairies Wear Boots off. Okay. okay. So now you got three songs to pick one from. Pick one to add? Yeah, pick one to add. Okay. Um, being that it's late Aussie... Um, you know, there's not a lot of good tracks, but I think Never Say Die is probably the 
a good send off for Ozzy with the album. Um, the rest of the album does kind of suck, but Never Say Die is a great track, and I I think it belongs on there. The funny thing about that track, the only reason why I even know about that song, because those last few albums, you know, Technical Ecstasy and Never Say Die, I never got into. And um, the only reason I know about that is because when Ozzy released his Speak of the Devil solo uh, album, the live album, that song was on there and he introduced it. This is the last song I ever did with, you know, with just, this is the last song <laughs> I ever did with um, Black Sabbath. And uh, it's a song called Never Say Die. And their version is a killer version that they do on there. I love it. And so it made me go back and want to listen to the album. And uh, eventually one day I got it and I'm like, well, I'm glad I didn't pay too much money for this. Because <laughs> <laughs> sure. it's not that good of an album. But the song, that song itself is really good. So I like that one. Okay, cool. All right. So now that means that I gotta, I get to pick one here. And this is a tough one because I really would like to see um, one of these songs stay on there. And you didn't pick it, and I was surprised. Um, man, this is because the three that I have are really good songs, and the 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 two that you have left are really good songs. And, I mean, I think the songs, I don't know, man, this is just difficult. Because <laughs> um, I got two that I would I would want to keep really, really, really over the other one. Um, so, because it's it's such a huge song, I, I'm going to go with War Pigs. Okay. Um, just because it's the obvious song that needs to kind of stay. <laughs> so, that leaves you with two songs and leaves me with two songs. So... Um, instead of picking which songs we want, we need to pick song. In this particular case, we need to go again and pick a song we want to cancel. Yeah, it's tough because we we both have a song from Sabbath Bloody Sabbath mm-hmm. that that we can choose from, and then I've got a track from Heaven and Hell. And what's your last one? Children of the Sea from Heaven and Hell. <laughs> okay, so it's it's Sabbath Bloody Sabbath versus Heaven and Hell. To, to make it on right um personally i think we have two tracks representative of heaven and hell already on there mm-hmm. and as much as i love die young um i'm willing to strike through that one to allow something from sabbath bloody sabbath to be on there because i think it needs to be represented it's such a great uh album I mean, it's it's one of my favorite Black Sabbath albums. So to not have anything on there from it, it's pretty rough. Okay, so I'll, I'll go with that. So what we'll do is, because we already have Heaven and Hell and Neon Nights, I will sacrifice my favorite song on the album <laughs> of Children of the Sea. I mean, I love that song. That song is just amazing. The bass line is just incredible. And, and Ronnie's so vocals good. are just absolutely outstanding. I mean everything. All four of those guys. That that song is played so well on that album. So, all right, Children of the Sea. I'll have to scratch off. I hate to see you go. <laughs> anyway, so we have no heaven. Well, we have no more heaven and hell representation. So now we have two songs off of Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. We have the title track, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and we have Sabra Kadabra. 
All right. Which one gets to stay? Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so Sabracadabra, I think, has um, – it, it, it shows a little bit more of what Black Sabbath was capable of. It has some bluesy elements to it. And I think it, it just shows a different dynamic of the band while still staying in their lane a bit. Whereas Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, um, it's a really cool track and it has kind of a grindy feel to it. Um, but it does have some similarities to stuff that came before it. Um, both are really good tracks. I, I really, I had a hard time picking one over the other, to be honest, to, to make it onto this list. And... I'm I'm really open to either one being on the list, to be honest. So, for me, here's the funny thing. You know, as I as as you and I were talking before we decided to record, I always I said that I was a, a cursory fan, a superficial fan of Black Sabbath, not for any other reason. Is at the time of my life that, you know, that I got into Black Sabbath. I'm you know it's um, early you know late junior high high school. I only have so much money I can spend, you know, and I really got into Metallica. I was already a huge Kiss fan. I really, really, really got into Van Halen and Judas Priest and and ACDC, you know, the classics. (laughs) And even though Black Sabbath is the classics, I ended up getting more along the lines of like their greatest hits cassette. And I believe I had uh, uh, Paranoid on cassette. So... I didn't really go out of my way to say, oh, but they also have these other albums. Uh, I had, I think I, I, I was able to get a, acquire a copy of Black Sabbath, and I couldn't understand crap when it came to the song titles because, you know, they all had the slashes, and there was like three songs in one track, and I was like, what the hell's going on here? Uh, and even then when the CD came out, I was like, this is just so confusing. I, I, it, was, it was a turnoff. Hmm. So I never really got into Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, the album. I knew the song from the Greatest Hits cassette that I had. So I never really heard Sabracadabra. I had no idea about that song until Metallica did a cover version of it. And you know, and then they had, a, I think they, they, they interspersed it as a medley with a Spiral Architect or something like that. So it's like, I'm like, wow. I, you know, I didn't, I never knew about that. You know, just like I hadn't heard After Forever until I heard the the, the tribute album come out and, and Biohazard did it. And I thought it was, it was pretty cool. I want to say it was National Acrobat. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It was National Acrobat. You were correct. So, you know, when Metallica did that, that what, what they would consider a medley with, with um, Sabracadabra and National Acrobat, I hadn't heard those songs. You know, I barely had heard some of the other kind of tertiary songs you know it's like uh orchid or or um into the void supernaut some of those songs that they're they're not necessarily the most famous black sabbath songs but people know them and people like them that that just was never on my radar so it's kind of weird so um because of that um i would typically lean towards sabbath bloody sabbath as my choice but because Sabracadabra does have a little bit of a more eclectic feel in terms of Sabbath and, and kind of pulled in a lot of the different styles that they typically play, I'm okay allowing Sabracadabra to be on this list to kind of okay. give it a little bit of diversity as opposed to just going and bombarding with the same stuff over and over again. So we're cool with that? 
Yeah, I think that's a good choice, honestly. All righty. So we'll scratch off Sabbath Buddy Sabbath. We'll keep Sabra Cadabra. All right. So this week's list of 15 songs. We have Black Sabbath, Neon Nights, Sweet Leaf, Symptom of the Universe, NIB, Mob Rules, The Wizard, Iron Man, War Pigs, Heaven and Hell, Children of the Grave, Paranoid, Sabracadabra, Never Say Die, and Time Machine. Those are our 15 songs. Now it's time to put them in concert order. Well, why don't you start with with yours? Because you started with a concert list. And uh, I think that would probably be a a good way to to start it off. Okay. You know, now, when I was looking to see, you know, how... Because I've seen Black Sabbath in concert twice. And latter-day Black Sabbath, I saw them with um, Bill Ward in one of the Ozfests. And then I think on another Ozfest, I don't know who was playing drums. I want to say it was Brad Wilk, but I can't be certain if if he had played or not with them. I, I don't think it was Tommy Clufidos or whatever his name is. Um, But anyway, and it could have been Bill Ward that second time I saw them. But anyhow... Um, so I researched some of their live albums and what they had played, um, as their opener. And obviously as, as an opener with, with, um, the Ronnie era, it was, uh, Mob Rules or Neon Knights or something like that. And they, you know, something fast. Whereas with Black Sabbath, they opened one time with War Pigs. They opened another time with, I can't remember. And then they opened with Black Sabbath. And I think, in my opinion, Black Sabbath is is a good opener because you get that rain intro, and if they do it live in concert, you hear that rain, and first of all, you start freaking out thinking it's getting wet inside. Um, but then that slow blasting intro, you know, when they hit that chord, it scares the shit out of you. I think you know it's time, and then it gets all quiet, and then Ozzy comes in with his lyrics or his not lyrics, but with his vocals. So I'm going to go with black Sabbath as number one, just to start off the show. I think it's a good choice. I mean, it's, it's one of those tracks that just, it puts you right in the mood of the, you know, what, what black Sabbath is. I think it's awesome. I I can't, I mean, I can't deny that that that's a great way to start it off. So we'll start with Black Sabbath. And let's pick things up from there. And let's go with Neon Nights. I think it's a really good track uh, for... Since this is a compilation and we're sharing Dio and and, uh, and Aussie tracks on here... Um, and it is a little bit overwhelmingly Aussie versus versus Dio, but I think we need to kind of have him in there earlier. And it's it's a it's a killer start off track. So you're coming off of you know the the slow plotting, um, dark evil Black Sabbath, and then you know kind of injecting some energy into it. 
Exactly. I, and I, I agree with you because that was my number two choice to begin with. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I didn't remember. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I like that one because they had, um, as I mentioned when we started this, that they had several songs that could be an opener. Mm-hmm. So when I was looking at, all right, so, you know, we're coming off the end of Black Sabbath, which kind of picks up the pace, you know, so now we're going to definitely go into a, a, a high energy song. They've got a few of them. And I was like, and we had scratched one of them off. So I'm like, okay, so I don't have to worry about that one. But there is another one that I can, that we'll pick up and bring in later that I thought that we could, it could be in that same spot. But Neon, it was the one that won out. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Um, okay, so Neon Knights, high energy. On the record, it kind of just fades out with a guitar solo. So it's, it's kind of tough to tell how it ends. Um, so the question is, how do we want to go into the next song? At this point, I guess we need to go with some mid-paced stuff. My choice would be Sweet Leaf. Okay. I can see that. It takes us back into the Aussie era, and I, I think it's a good choice. Um, so what do we follow that up with? Um there's a few tracks in here that I'd like to hold on to for a little bit later uh, to kind of pick things up from from a slow period. So I think I think we need something a little slower here to kind of keep that pace going until we pick things up again. So I would say, um, how about we do how about we do War Pigs here? Interesting, War Pigs. Okay. Earlier than I thought, but you know what? I, I see I see the point of view here. Um, definitely don't want to put heaven and hell at this point. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like I feel like it was a good fit in a way, but I would like to hold on to it for later. Okay. All right, so we're war pigs. Okay. Uh, remember, we still have uh, a couple of vetoes. That's true. Um, if we want to put something somewhere else um okay Uh, war pigs okay i can live with that all right now coming after war pigs and knowing that like the song at the the song kind of builds up a little bit and kind of has a quick ending i would say that this would probably be a good spot for never say die because i don't want that to go too late into the into the into the show because it's not really one of those songs at the end of a show that you would want um yeah it's it's great and it but it's a mid middle track right i mean it's great as an opener on the album that it's from right exactly uh because then you don't have to listen to the rest of that album <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to suffer through it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what you got next? All right. So why don't we go with a, a classic like, um, how about Iron Man? Iron Man. Okay. Interesting. Because hmm. we're towards the, the end of the first third. Right. Kind of going into the second part of the, the show. And, um, you know, we got to reserve a couple tracks for the, well, the last three of the encore. Yep. So, 
Iron Man. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Um. Well, you have your veto. Yeah, and I think I think I'm going to use it on okay. here. Um, because Never Say Die is is a is a is a good pick me up. Um, War I mean War Pigs Never Say Die all very similar pace. Sweet Leaf was slow. You know War Pigs picks up the pace. Never Say Die picks up the pace. Um, I think to to get kind of a little bit quicker than Sweet Leaf, a little bit slower than these two. I think um, a good spot for, uh, in there would be NIB. Okay. So are we? Are, but are we putting the basically intro on there? Yeah, yeah, that goes with. That. Okay, that goes without saying. Okay. So. Nib. Basically, we'll put that. I'll, I'll when I type this up, and we'll make our uh, Spotify playlist for those people who are listening on Spotify. We'll put a playlist up, and we'll have these on there, and that'll include basically. Because I think even the track itself is just one track now. It used to be separate. Yeah, so, it needs to be. I, I, yeah, it, they it go together. Blends in too much to, <laughs> for them to separate it. So okay, so. Um, since I vetoed, why don't you go ahead and pick another song that you want to put in, bring in after NIB? Okay. Um, so I'm thinking here, Symptom of the Universe. Okay, I like that. I like that. You know, it's kind of picking up off of the pace of NIB. You know, it's still keeping a, a little bit faster pace, and then we can kind of slow things down in the next track so that we can you know, bring that pace back up for towards the end of the concert, the main concert. Right. Okay. Okay. So that being the case, I think to, to, to slow the pace down, I think that would be a good spot then to put Iron Man in. Okay. All right. Iron Man. All right. Then why don't we go with time machine next? Time machine. I, I'm I'm down with that, and we put some Dio in there. All right, so now we're coming down to the last of the second third. Uh, how about we put in Sabracadabra at this point? Okay, I think that's a good choice. Um, I kind of want to use a veto. And not against what you're saying here, but I feel like the wizard needs to go earlier. Okay. And it's it's because it doesn't quite fit as like one of the songs at the end of the concert, right? Right. It feels like it should go a little bit earlier. So I'd kind of like to put it right after Iron Man and move the other two down if you if you're cool with that. Okay. So Iron Man, The Wizard, Time Machine, then Saber Cadaver. Okay. Gotcha. And then now we've got four killer songs, like of the very, like to, in my opinion, the very best um, for the end of the concert and then the, the encore. All right. So that leaves us with four songs. And let's look, a, let's take a brief overview with those four songs that are left. That'll be The Mob Rules, Heaven and Hell, 
Paranoid and Children of the Grave. So that's two Dio songs and two Ozzy songs. All right. I'd say at this point, we're going to have to put a Dio song here. And so that leaves us with Mob Rules, I think, should go in this spot. You think... I, I was kind of thinking Mob Rules should be like the the beginning of the of the encore. Because it's almost like a, another opener. What would you choose as the opener... Of the encore instead. Um, I know. I see your point. I see your point. I would have actually what I was going to put for the the, the opener of the, the encore, even though it, it it contrasts to what you're saying. I think heaven and hell wouldn't be a bad way to to open it. And the only reason being is because it's such a popular song. But I do understand bringing in the energy of Mob Rules. So then we can close out the main set with Heaven and Hell. I like that. And then open up the the the, the, the encore with the Mob Rules. With Mob Rules. Okay. So number 12 would be Heaven and Hell. That would be the end of the main set. And then we open the encore with Mob Rules. I think at that point... The next song has to be Children of the Grave. Absolutely. And that means the final track would be Paranoid. Yep. And I think that's per- a perfect way to end it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something that they've been doing for years. I don't see why we should go against them. <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy's been doing it for years, closing out his shows with Paranoid and Children of the Grave. So um, I have absolutely no qualms about how they do it. I think it's a pretty good way to end it. So, you know, everybody go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's a cool way. All right. So <clears throat> that puts us with we have chosen our 15 songs and we've put them in order. So we'll go over the order right now. We're opening the show with Black Sabbath, heading into Neon Nights, Sweet Leaf, War Pigs, Never Say Die, N.I.B., Symptom of the Universe, Iron Man, The Wizard, Time Machine, Sabracadabra, Heaven and Hell, Mob Rules, Children of the Grave, and Paranoid. I think it's a kick-ass list. So do I. <laughs> All right, so that's our Black Sabbath Greatest Hits. In the future, um, we'll be posting our Greatest Hits on Spotify. We'll have we'll be posting the playlists up there so you can check out our greatest hits compared to what maybe you think is a greatest hits. And you can always respond back to us, send us a a direct message on any of the social media pages and let us know what you think your 15 favorite black Sabbath songs are in the order that you would love to hear them. So that'd be great to, uh, to, to check out. Um, so that brings us now to our big four black Sabbath albums. Um, we had already done a black Sabbath songs, several episodes back. Um, so we're going to do the albums now. Uh, since I went first for a lot of stuff tonight, why don't you go ahead and go first tonight on the albums? Sounds good. All right. So my number four is going to be Paranoid. 
Um, I think it's it's a landmark album. I mean, I, it's not that I think it it is a landmark album. Uh, has so many great tracks on it. Uh, for me, the only reason it would go as number four over some of the others, I don't feel like the album itself has as much nuance as some of the later stuff. And it's yeah, it's it's the songs that you've heard billions and billions of time, and sometimes that can kind of degrade the meaning of the of the tracks to a degree um they're still amazing they're still some of the best that black sabbath ever put out uh, it's just they're so overplayed to a degree that for me it kind of pulls down that that ranking a little bit um, my number three is sabbath bloody sabbath it's one of the first black sabbath albums i ever owned and i absolutely adore it from beginning to end um that i was I was really afraid when we were making our list as it was coming down to the wire that we weren't going to get something off of of Sabbath Bloody Sabbath on the list, but I'm glad we did. Um, it, it's definitely one that, as their career went on, it's it's not as popular as some of the other albums, but I think it's one that any Black Sabbath fan needs to listen to because it shows a little bit more dimension to the band than some of the stuff that came before it, and it adds some of that bluesy factor to the music which is very cool um my number two is my favorite aussie album uh from black sabbath which is master of reality to me it has some of the best tracks on it and i love children of the grave so much i think it's it's one of one of my favorite songs in general not just one of my favorite black sabbath songs so um i think that as a whole um it's it definitely is my number two it, when it, when compared to my number one, which is Heaven and Hell uh, from the Dio era of, of Black Sabbath. To me, that album is near perfect. Uh, I can listen to it from beginning to end and just every track I, I enjoy. The only one that I can kind of just dismiss for me is Lonely is the Word. It's the final track of the album, so that's not that big of a deal. Um, most of the time, if I'm in the car listening to it, I'm not going to get to that track anyway. So it's, it's not that bad, but it is near perfect in my opinion. I like, the, I like your list. And, and the funny thing is about the heaven and hell album is that recently Eddie trunk had, um, all four or several members. He had Tony Iomi, he had geezer Butler, he had Vinnie Apice and Bill Ward on to discuss the the uh, release of the Heaven and Hell um, reissue, and they asked them each. I I know he asked Tony, and I know he asked Geezer. I didn't listen to Vinny and and Bill Ward yet. Which song was the least favorite on the album? And mm-hmm. they agreed that Walk Away was the one that they didn't like. <laughs> Walk Away to me doesn't fit all that well. I I. I like the song. And that's exactly what they said. They said it didn't yeah. fit. That's the thing is I like the song. It just doesn't feel like it fits on the album. If I were to pick one, like Walk Away or Lonely is a Word to, to stay on the album, it would probably be Lonely is a Word because it makes more sense with the album. But I like Walk Away as a track better. If it was just a single that never made it on the album, I think it would be a better track. Interesting. Very cool. I, I like your list. Um, we have two crossovers from it. So my number four album for Black Sabbath albums is going to be Black Sabbath. Um, it's got classic songs on it. 
you know, you, with Black Sabbath, my favorite song, The Wizard. And, and then, you know, the English version, I think they had a single for the song Evil Woman, Don't You Play Your Games With Me. Yeah, it's a great song. I love that song. The bass line is amazing, but it was only on a single, so it was never actually released on the album. Until much later, they put it on the reissue uh, deluxe edition. But now, if you if you go to sh- to get the album straight up, it still does not have that song on it, um, and it's a shame because it's a really 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 cool song. So I, I that's the for, for those classics alone, you know, Black Sabbath number four for me. Number three, Master of Reality. It is just one of those albums where, you know, there's so much on there that that is so classic and at the same time you know there's there's a little bit of diversity not just you know banging your head over the, you know over against the wall with with all these head you know hard heavy songs um so i mean like i said i hadn't heard after forever because i had heard sweet leaf and children of the grave as separate songs that were on the greatest hits album so when at, when the the greatest hits album not the greatest hits album the um the tribute album came out um, Nativity in Black that's when I first heard After Forever and so it, it just solidified how much how good this album actually is so then number two for me is Heaven and Hell and I agree with you it's a near perfect album but it it those two songs at the end kind of take away the perfection of it. But the first six songs, I mean, is as solid as solid can get. And so I really, really like that album a lot. Especially being the first Dio album, it reintroduced Black Sabbath to the world. Uh, and it was just like, you know what? We're going to embrace this whole thing that we began heavy metal. They played a lot harder. They played a lot crisper. And they just had uh, renewed energy, renewed life with, with such a, uh, an artiste as Ronnie James Dio. So everything changed for them when they got Ronnie. All right, and number one for me is it, it, it's number one for me for the reasons why you don't think it should be number one, and that's Paranoid, because Paranoid is the classic. It is the quintessential Black Sabbath album, in my opinion. I mean, it has so many classic songs on there. Yes, they've been played a million times. Yes, you hear them on the radio every single day, but there's a reason for that, because they mm-hmm. are classic. I mean, when you think about it, War Pigs, Paranoid, Planet Caravan, Iron Man, Electric Funeral, Hand of Doom, you know, the instrumental rat salad, and then Fairies Wear Boots. I mean, that's, I mean, classic stuff, beginning to end. So, for me, that's my number one. Yeah, it's definitely a fair opinion. It's it's one of those things, like, that you can't deny the quality of the songs. You can't deny uh, the, the impact that they've made. It's it's just your personal interpretation as far as, how how you know you take in music how you feel about the the amount of times that you hear a song and how it wears down on you or does it wear down on you it, everybody has a different view in that that regard so i completely understand that being the number 1 cool all right well that's our show for tonight chris let them know what's up As the Dean said, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Remember, if you like what you heard today, be sure to check us out on social media and leave us a comment. Make sure to tune in to the next episode when we spark up another exciting metal debate. On behalf of Kenneth and myself, stay safe, and remember, always turn it up to 11. See ya.